0: Welcome to this Changeboard Future Talent podcast. There are many more available to listen to or download on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud. I'm Jim carrick Burtwell, CEO and co-founder of Changeboard. Today we present Ashok Vizwani's keynote speech from Changeboard's Future Talent conference in 2014. Ashok became the CEO of Barclays UK in March 2016 and his presentation focuses on the concept of stewardship. And he explains how business leaders and HR professionals can use technology to get the best out of your talent.
1: Good morning, everyone. It's a real pleasure to be here uh, this morning. Uh, I don't know what I did good to get, get an opportunity to talk to three, 400 uh, HR uh, people from the HR community. And so having got the invitation, I spent a lot of time thinking about what I'm going to say. and. Uh, I think there are four themes that I wanna touch upon uh, this morning. The four themes that I wanna touch upon is number one, what is the business context that we are working in today? What is the business context that we are working on today? Two, how should we think about the talent pool that is available to us? Three, what are the implications of this for the HR community? And four, maybe share with you one or two things that we are doing at Barclays which honestly I'm exceedingly proud of, but I can't take too much credit for. It's really our HR team and our uh, other teams who are doing all the good work. Let's start with the business context. What are the kind of context that we're living in today, right? If you really think about what is happening to business, business is going through change at a rapidly increasing rate, at a rapidly increasing rate. I don't know if anybody of you noticed, but in the first five weeks of 2013, In the first five weeks of 2013, five significant high street companies went under. These are all big brand names, which we all knew, which we all used to visit, shop at, do stuff with. In five weeks, five of them went away in the UK. And this is happening at a rapid pace across the world. Just take the FTSE 100 or take the Dow Jones and look at the constituents of the Dow Jones or the FTSE 100 and see how many of them were actually members of the Dow Jones or the FTSE 100 30, 40 years ago. And you'll be surprised to see how little there is in terms of commonality. That is a scary thought. That is a scary thought. That means those companies who we constituted to be bellwethers of the economy 25, 30 years ago are no longer even relevant to our economy. It's a big deal. So business is changing and business is changing really, really, really fast. What is happening in business? I would submit is industry lines are blurring very, very, very quickly. Industry lines are blurring very quickly. Take my own industry, I'm in banking. What is banking? What is banking? Everybody will maybe need to do banking, will they need a bank? I'm not sure, we gotta think about that. What is my job? Am I in finance? Am I in technology? Am I in the business of information? Many times my salary gets credited, automatically stuff gets debited to my account, stuff flies. It's more like a video game, you just switch on your computer, look at your online banking, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, zero, right? (laughs) And it's like amazing. So you start thinking about saying, what is the business that you're in? Are you in the business of finance? Are you in the business of information? Are you in the business of technology? Obviously, you're in parts of each. You're in parts of each, which means that other folks are looking to get into your industry pools and if other people are looking to get into your industry pools, you've got to find ways of getting into their industry pools, you've got to identify ways of identifying new industry pools and you've got to identify ways of delivering new revenues because if you don't do that, somebody out there sitting in a garage is waiting to eat your lunch. The third notion is of globality. Now this is a very, you know, this is a very cliched kind of thing. A lot of people have talked about globality. I'd like to submit globality in a very different kind of way, right? My submission to you is the high street has moved. The high street has moved. It's no longer Regent Street, it's no longer Champs-Élysées, it's no longer Madison Avenue in New York. The high street today is the iTunes store, the Android store, the Blackberry store, and stuff like that. Those avenues give you global distribution. Those stores are giving you global distribution. Distribution is not the problem. The problem is have you geared up to be able to deal with that? Can you gear up to actually cater to a global audience? So even if your company is not global, having a global mindset becomes really, really, really critical. Fourth element, society. Society is changing, its needs and expectations are changing very, very, very rapidly. There was a time when I was growing up where businesses could define and say, our goal is to deliver a 20% return on equity and that's all that mattered. That's why you had the large companies, conglomerates which were businesses in every single thing. Today, society says no. Just making money for your shareholder, having one stakeholder and delivering money is not the way to go. You have to answer the question, what happens if your company is not there today? How will societies change how will people's lives change if your company does not exist? And so you've got to answer the question, what are you doing for society? You have to take care of four or five stakeholders. Everybody talks about the fifth element, which is regulatory. Regulatory stuff has gone up. The reason regulatory stuff has gone up is because companies have not been able to take care of the issues of society. If you took care of the issues of society, by definition, the regulatory issues will be down. So think about it that way and think about the business context, therefore, in these five contexts, right? The first context is around relevancy. The second context we talked about is connectedness and industry lines blurring, third context around globality, fourth context around demands of society, and fifth context around the regulatory requirements. So if that is the business context, if that is the business context, then what is the talent pool and how are we kind of thinking about the talent pool? This is actually an amazing time. This is an amazing time. In companies like ours and in many, many companies which you are represent, for the first time you have three, three distinct generations in the company. You have the Baby Boomers, you have Gen Y, and you have the Millennials, right? And these three generations think about things very, very, very differently. Because of the circumstances in which they grew up, because of the circumstances of history, and therefore their needs are different, their expectations are different. How do you, as the HR community, and how do we, as business leaders, take care of these three generations all sitting in one workplace, right? So let's go back to the five and say what, what does it mean, right? If you think about relevancy and the need to stay relevant, because that's, if you're not relevant, you'll get wiped out. The most important thing is that your organization has to reflect society. If your organization and your team is not reflecting society, You're never going to be able to get a good understanding of what society and your customers and your prospects expect. If you continue to hire only one type of folks, you will get one type of answers. You need that diversification. It is no longer sufficient to talk about gender diversification. Gender diversification honestly is 1990. You got to get ahead and say, does my workplace reflect the target customer or prospect that i am going after is it all elements of society two connectedness right Det- determining new industry pools and revenues look the digital the digital world is here whether we like it we don't like it the digital world is here i would submit to you this is a digital revolution we are on day 1 i would submit to you we are on day 1 I would also submit to you that whenever there have been such fundamental shifts in economic life there has been a tremendous amount of social cost. Everybody understood what the social cost of the industrial revolution was. I grew up in India. I grew up in India where up to 1985 maybe even 1990 there was no notion of medical insurance. Think about the person who was 40 or 45 years old in 1990 suddenly has never grown up with medical insurance, today is 70 and does not get access to medical insurance. That generation just missed it, right? There is a social cost and it has to be our goal to make sure that that social cost is minimized. How do we make sure that in this digital revolution, we are not going to have the same social cost like we had in the industrial revolution and prior to that? Three, globality. Like I said, it's really about a mindset. It's about a mindset and it's going to demand, it's going to demand flexibility. It's going to demand openness. It's going to demand transparency. Even if you've not traveled, which is now getting more and more rare, the ability to open one's mind, open one's mind and look and see what's happening is becoming so evident. You cannot continue to be insular. It just doesn't exist. And therefore we got to treat for that. Society, we've got to deliver, we've got to keep answering the question, if we were not there, what difference would it make to society? And if we can answer that question, that would give a purpose to our people, that would give a purpose to our organization. And by the way, it would help you with regulatory relationships. So we talked about so we talked about the business context, we talked about the talent pool and how that is working. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for you as the HR community? What does that mean for you as the HR community? I would submit to you, in the first instance, you have to be able to define what is your employee value proposition. Why should a person come and work for you? Why should a person come and work for you? The good old days when, you know, I was a great company, by the way, you can come, you will get a short employment, you can spend 30, 35 years here, you'll get a pension and you can go home and everything will be good. You know what, those days are just gone. Those are days that have just gone, not because the employee won't do it. And the employee doesn't want to do it. Honestly, I'm not sure you as HR directors want that to happen. I'm not sure that you want somebody to just spend 30, 35 years in your company. There will be folks who will kind of develop. There will be folks who are kind of doing really, really well. There will be people who will spend 25, 30 years in the company. But you don't want the vast majority of people doing that. So this notion of I offer you a career of a lifetime, to my mind is dead. So we've got to define our employee value proposition. And the way at least we think about it is saying, hey, we know you're not gonna spend a lifetime with us, but guess what? The period that you spend with us is going to be the most stimulating period of your career, the most stimulating period of your career. And how do you make that period that you spend with us the most stimulating period of your career, right? And that may lead you to think about things differently, that may lead you to move move someplace else, define it. But the time that you spend with us, we promise you, it will be the most stimulating period of your career. Which leads to this other notion, which leads to this other notion, which I got as advice uh, many, many years ago, right? Which I thought was very good, but I think I should even frame it in the context of HR director. Honestly, you never own a job. You never own a job you rent a job. You never own a job, you rent a job. And I think that's really, really important from many, many, many perspectives, but it's particularly important from a values values lens, from a stewardship perspective. I am doing my job today, I will do it for a couple of years, five, seven, however long. My job has to be that whatever I inherit compared to whatever I give over, what I give over is in a much, much, much better situation than what I inherit. By the way, there are no fixed things. It's not that what I inherit is bad. Life is changing too quickly. If I don't change what I inherit, I'm not going to be relevant any longer. We talked about the business context. And therefore, how am I a steward? How am I a steward for the company? How am I a steward for my business? How am I making sure? that the job I inherit compared to the job that I give over, the job I give over is in a much, much, much better situation than the job I kind of gave over. Which therefore means that the HR community has to start learning how how to define these jobs, how to define success, how to define how they're going to, you know, compensate people, reward people, recognize people in particularly different ways. Which also leads to believe, which also leads me to believe that the HR community has to define what are my talent pools where are these talent pools coming from and by the way how do I manage inflow also manage outflow and how do I manage outflow in such a way that you create ambassadors for the company ambassadors for the company how do I make impressions on people who interact with me in the workplace which are so fundamental that when the person kind of goes away the person feels yes this company Barclays in my case has made a huge impact on me and I am truly grateful to Barclays. And by the way, Barclays gave me a, the, the most stimulating experience of my lifetime. So with that, then let me go to two programs, which I'm really, really, really proud of, want to share with you. The first is our life skills program. Now, Kirsty Mackey, who's at the back of this room, she'll be on a panel this afternoon and hopefully she'll tell you more. But fundamentally, if you keep everything I said in mind, you'll get to know why life skills are so important and so fundamental to what we're trying to get done. What we're really saying with life skills is that there is a significant societal need. There's a significant societal need to help people move from the school place to the workplace. There are over a million people in this country who are neither in training nor in education. There are many, many, many people who do not go and do not have privileged lives or privileged families like you and I have. We owe it to them. We owe it to them not only for them, we owe it for the country, we owe it for our company, we owe it for these economies. To be able to get get them into a good place. And therefore the life skills program talks about three elements, money skills, work skills, and people skills, right? How do we train people and give them the exposure, give them the role models to actually make a difference? As part of this program, we've launched an apprenticeship program. Our HR community has done a fantastic job, we've got 2,000 apprentices from very, very, very different backgrounds from where we normally recruit. These guys have done exceptionally well. These guys get paid full like anybody else, they graduate from the program. If they're really good, they get into Barclays like anybody else. And then they're on a regular track as anybody else. It's amazing where all, and these are not just cashier jobs in our branches and stuff like that. These are jobs in technology, these are jobs in the corporate bank, these are jobs in the investment bank right and these guys have done really 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 well because if you give people the opportunity people will take the opportunity right and there are a whole bunch of issues this is not an easy program to execute because there are a whole bunch of issues that come along and there are very very difficult decisions that have to be taken place but we are determined to get there not only are we determined to get there for barclays we don't call it barclays we call it life skills and the reason we call it life skills is because we want to encourage other companies, corporates, small businesses, to come into this program with us. This is a societal issue. Let's not waste a lot of time and energy and money building infrastructure. Let's talk about how we can leverage infrastructure, right? And in the afternoon when is up on a panel, please ask her how we can do that. There are lots of companies who've joined us, We are very excited about companies joining us and would love to have a conversation with anybody else in the room. This is not branded Barclays, this is branded life skills and therefore you can get on and you can run the program which way. We've we've got work placements in Buckingham Palace. We had a work placement with Nick Hurd, the MP, right? We had somebody spend time in the football, in, in, uh, in a couple of football clubs. There was even an assignment to go to Palo Alto with Facebook, right? We've got Visa, we've got McDonald's, we've got Centrica, we've got ISS, lot of lot of companies are participating. I would urge you to kind of look at it and see what we could do together. The second program which I'm really excited about is our digital eagles. Now some of you may have seen our advertising and what we're really saying is if it's really true that the digital revolution is here and the digital revolution will have a cost and that it is our goal not to leave anyone behind and reduce that social cost then there has to be a way, there has to be a way that we can help people get on to the right side of the digital divide, right? And whether that is a kid in school who's helping, who wants to get onto the workplace and needs those digital skills, whether it is somebody who's maybe not as tech savvy, like I am, right? I need the help, I need the help, and therefore I can go to a digital eagle, help me. Technology is very intuitive, technology is very intuitive, if you teach me, I can get it, I will do it. Whether it's the adults, right? The grandparent who's looking just to Skype, FaceTime, the grandkids, the ability to just set it up very easily, or given the fact that our society, our society is an aging society. The fastest growing age segment in our society is the plus 60 age segment. Miraculously, miraculously at age 40, you start wearing glasses. Miraculously, by the time you get to my age, 50 plus, It's very, very hard to go into a hotel bathroom and figure out which is shampoo and conditioner without the glasses, (laughs) right? And so miraculously at 65, 70, 75, 80, other disabilities kind of show up. Whether those are disabilities of mobility, whether those are disabilities of hearing, sight, speech, technology exists. And technology for the sake of technology is okay, it's interesting. But technology that makes people's lives easier is awesome, is awesome. And we owe it to, society to really use that technology to make a difference, right? And the digital eagle program just just does that, right? We have about 8,000 digital eagles uh, in the UK. We have about 15,000 digital eagles all across Barclays doing a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job, right? So happy to talk about this to anybody else and you know, uh, hold the conversation. One final thought, one final thought, if you even believe, 15 or 20 or 25% of what I just said, if you believe just 15 or 25% of what I just said, look, the responsibility lies on you. The responsibility lies on you. In a business like ours, and I would submit actually in any business, the only real asset, the only real asset is the human mind. The only real asset is the human mind. Now, have you got the wherewithal to find those human minds who are going to power your business for tomorrow because if you're not, then you run the risk of in the next 10, 15, 20 years of your business not being relevant, of your business maybe not even existing, right? That is the fundamental issue and this is not an HR issue. This is actually not only an HR issue, it's a business issue. And that's why it is so important that we spend time and effort on this issue. Thank you, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.
0: Okay. Thank you for listening to this Changeboard Future Talent podcast. To register for your place at this year's Future Talent Conference on March the 22nd in London, where we'll explore the theme Skills to Thrive in the Fourth Industrial Revolution, visit ftconference.changeboard.com.